You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Back everyone for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, and as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So today I have a very special guest by the name of Shana Senatus. Shana is a very good friend of mine and she is a two-time um, author and a nine-to-fiver just like you and me. And so today she's going to come on the show and talk about her journey to authorship and how she was able to become an author of two books within one year while holding down a nine-to-five job. I know that many of us, especially as women of color, we have so many stories to tell we have gone through so much. We have, you know, we have very rich experiences and experiences that needs to be, you know, shared with the rest of the world. And oftentimes I hear my friends say, you know what, I really want to write a book one day. And so one day doesn't have to be 20 years from now. It does not have to be 30 years from now. One day could actually be today. And so you definitely want to stay tuned um, to hear all the gems that Shay is going to drop with regards to, you know, going through the process of writing her books, some of the tips, the tricks, you know, some of the highs and her lows, etc. But before we get into the meat of the show, I wanted to share my highlight of the week. So this week's highlight um, was just really an appreciation for friendship and appreciation for circles um, of women who are just knowledgeable about everything. So I've talked about this group um, many times on my on my platform, but I have this um, WhatsApp chat group called the Bonita Bubble, and. In this room alone, like the minds are just so rich. We have people from different professions. You know, we have doctors, lawyers, pharmacists, accountants, etc. But we literally talk <laughs> throughout the day. But it's about all sorts of things. We talk about politics. We problem solve each other's issues. And, you know, this week I had a issue with my bank in which somebody was out here committing fraud with my debit card number and it really put me in a very bad position. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? What do I need to do to safeguard myself? And so I threw it in the chat group and the girls were just like, you know, giving tips on how they move, you know, how, how they don't use their debit card all the time, that they actually use credit. And, you know, because the credit card companies obviously are much more, <laughs> much more, I don't know, vol I don't know what the word would be, but they're much more vicious, I guess, when it comes to, you know, fraud than the banks. And, you know, just really learning that at the end of the day, you know, when you're using your debit card all the time for purchases, like all over the place, you definitely open yourself up for attacks. And when the money is gone, it's your money, as opposed to the credit card. If somebody steals your credit card information, it's the credit that's gone and the credit card company will fight for it as opposed to you being, you know, kind of like asked out because now you have nothing in your bank account. But it was just it's just an example of the many things that I learned from this group, but it was just one of those things where I was like, man, like like one how did I really not know this? I think I did know it, but you know, when you're trying to be more financially responsible, you're like, well, I have the money in my bank account. Why don't I, you know, why don't I use it? I don't need to use credit because I have money. Um, but I really now after, you know, this last attack, I really started to think more about, you know, the use of credit in today's society and also how to, you know, safeguard myself from these attacks. And I was like, you know what? I don't know why I wasn't charging everything from before. Now, charging everything responsibly, obviously, making sure that I have my money to then, you know, automatically pay off 
um, the, you know, the bills and whatnot that I charge, but it was just so, you know, another one of those experiences where I threw it in the group and I just got everybody weighing in and giving me tips and tricks, etc. And I was just like, you know what, this is exactly why you need a circle of professional friends for, you know, even if it's just little things like that, just to get the feedback and just to learn new ways of moving through life. So that was a highlight for for this week. That was my highlight because now as I'm trying to clean up this mess with my bank, in my mind, I'm like, you, this will never happen again, ever, ever, ever. And so, um, I think I, I always thank the group for their, for their wisdom and for, you know, the batteries that they, that they put in my back. I definitely marched down to the bank yesterday and gave them a piece of my mind, you know, (laughs) So um, I definitely felt motivated and empowered to do so because they were like, yeah, girl, you better let them know what time it is. Let them know you are willing to shut down that account right now. I was like, you know what? I will. I will go tell them that. And I did. So thank you to my Bonita Bubble um, chat group for always being, you know, the source of like energy. Um, So now without further ado... All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, Shayla Sinatus. <laughs> you, stay, you stay giving my Haitian government. <laughs> you know, I, I love the opportunity to say names in the Haitian Creole accent. <laughs> Shayla Sinatus, such a regal, strong name. That's true. That's where I got the abbreviation from Sena when I call myself Shay Sena. So it's from the Haitian you know, dialect. Yes, yes. <laughs> so for those of you who follow me on my According to RP radio show, <laughs> a couple months ago, it's been a couple months now, right? Yeah. A couple months ago, um, Shay and I had, you know, met up and recorded a podcast and I was in a sense interviewing her and also engaging in a conversation about authorship as right. Shay is a two-time published author. I can't ever get used to hearing it like that. It took me a while to even identify identify myself as an author. So when people say two time, I'm like, yeah. I did that? Yeah, two books out here. Yeah. And so today I wanted to have a follow-up conversation mm-hmm. from the one that we had. Um, because at the time uh, we had the conversation, you hadn't yet had your book released. Correct, yes. correct, yeah. And so I attended the book release. It was amazing. Thank there you, were, thank uh, you. Different you know, types of spoken word artists that mm-hmm. came out. Um, it was a great night because you also incorporated you know, local vendors. It was like more yes. than just a book release. It was people showcased other people aside from you showcasing right. their different poetic abilities. And then we had vendors who were selling their local products. Right. There was food, there was music. A lot of food. Yeah. So it was like an overall great event. Thank you, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Um, and so now that you know, we've kind of gotten off of the high of the book release mm-hmm. for several months now, right. I wanted to get into more of a conversation about you know, how did you put all of this together? Because our prior conversation, we were talking about, you know, who you were, what inspired you. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I still want to get into a little bit about that here, because yeah. there's a lot of people on this platform who, you know, have not heard of you yet. Right. Um, but I do want to go into a lot of the mechanics, because as professional women of color, this platform, you know, the demographic is more so women of color, professional mm-hmm. women of color. A lot of us, uh, at one point in time, have, have, say, have said to ourselves, um, I have one book in me. I want to write a book. Right. I, I want to do it. And right. I find that people are more serious about it now. Like now. Like experiences, they mm-hmm. want to put it to paper, but we don't know how to do it. Because when we think about books, we think about bestsellers on the New York Times list. Correct. We don't, we don't know how to actually do it on a local level. So, mm-hmm. you know, before we get into the mechanics, just tell the people who you are, share a little bit about your background and what got you into writing. Okay, so Shayna Sonatus, Sonatus, as she has said, 
Um, but I also, on social media, I'm trying to brand myself, so I go by the name Bell Brooklyn. And Bell Brooklyn came about because, of course, the word Bell is beautiful in French. And then the word Brooklyn is because I truly identify as a Brooklyn girl. Like, anybody knows me, they're just like, yeah, Shay's from Brooklyn. So I wanted to put those two together, saying that I am a beautiful woman, Haitian woman from Brooklyn, but I also see Brooklyn as being beautiful. You know what I mean? So, um... As you know, with my name, so I do come from a Haitian background, born and raised in Brooklyn, and I've always had a desire for art. I've always had a desire for film, poetry, writing, but I never thought it would come to the point where I I would actually be an author. It was more of a hobby, and my thing was more on being film or on TV and so forth. So to fast forward, um, my first book, which is a devotional book, came from a time where I was going through a really, really spiritual, dark place. And I believe that God utilized what he was trying to tell me into writing. And from writing, I realized I was writing a whole bunch of articles. And I had other friends that were writing articles. And I decided, you know what, let's make a, a compilation book and put it together. So once that happened, even then, I was not owning what God was doing with me. I kind of dumbed it down. Where I'm like, okay, I wrote this book. Whoever wants it, it's fine. Not expecting the amount of support I received. Because I had people saying, this book is amazing. This book has um, you know, helped me in my spiritual walk. Why isn't it on Amazon? All right, place it on Amazon. Again, an abundance of support. Mm-hmm. And I think from then on, I said, if I could do this with a devotional book that I never expected myself to do, I can definitely do it again with something that I've, I've always had a passion for, which is poetry. So once that happened, I just took the ball rolling and started the poetry book. And it's also a compilation book because I wanted to include other poets. Because uh, I think, although I have a lot to say and a lot to share, I feel like I'm surrounded by a circle of people that also have a lot to share. And at this point, if I'm able to do the work and give them a platform to do so, I just get joy out of that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I remember going through to a seminar, and this woman said a powerful thing where she said, the most richest place is in the grave because that's where you will find an abundance of untold stories and songs that you know the world never got to see. So with that said, both of my books are compilation books for that reason. Okay, and so since we're talking about the books, uh, I'm looking at both of them here. I'm going to show them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, both books, both so books. the first one that you created. Yeah. Let this mind be in you, devotionals and scripture studies. And this is a compilation of devotion edited by yours too. Yes. Well, yours, yours too is referring to yourself. Two, by Shay. Yeah, say by us. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not the yours truly. But I remember when you we were talking about this book the first time. So the imagery on you know, your, your, your covers mm-hmm. are so powerful. Right. And so I'm looking at this right here. And is a brain... Yes. Like connected to a heart. Right. So talk about that. I believe that the heart um, and the brain should be connected together. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have this idea of just listen to your heart. And I'm like, but there's a thing of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. where there is a balance between logic and emotions. And many times we know that the spirit of God speaks to both our mind and our heart. And sometimes, depending on how you study it or how you see it, some people say the, the mind equals heart and brain. It's actually the same thing. Um, I haven't come to the point of understanding it in its totality, but I would say that, yeah, I wanted people to understand that when the Spirit of God speaks to our mind, He's also speaking to our heart. Like our emotions and our logic are supposed to interconnect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely wanted, I love the scripture, you know, where it says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. So I said, you know what? Let's, let's put the heart in it because we know that the Spirit of God speaks to our heart, but at the same time, He's at the forefront of our mind. And so for those people who, you know, are uh, Bible scholars. Where could we find the scripture? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're in church, where did you get that? Where did you get that? Yes, <laughs> Philippians 2 5. All right, Let all this right. mind so be in you. Can double check it and make sure that this is Don't test case. me. Well, test me, yes. <laughs> I must study to show myself approved. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
And so from that devotional, mm -hmm. you went on to write your second book. Right. You put your second book together. Yeah. Which is a book of poems, correct? Yes, yes. Called Untold Emotions. I'm going to show the book. Yes. <laughs> the cover here. Yeah. And this too, when I saw the cover, I was like, it spoke to me. I'm extra, extra happy with I that cover. Like, it, like, it speaks volumes. It speaks so much volumes. Yeah. So basically, this uh, cover has a woman who's pensive. She's deep in thought. Yes. Her hand is like, you know, on her forehead. Head. Yeah. But it's trans, like the, the, the woman is transparent. Like it's not actually. Her silhouette. Her silhouette. Mm -hmm. The silhouette is, is waves, ocean waves. Ocean waves. Yeah, definitely. And so what was the thought process behind this? Well, you know Mike, Mike O. Yes. So... I've worked with, um, I know he's a photographer, and he had a picture of this woman in a room, and she was deep in thought. And I'm just like, man, I know she's probably refre reflecting on many things, and there's probably so much emotions within her right now that she doesn't even know how to let out. So I said, Mike, can we use that picture, but let's use the silhouette. And he said, because I don't, I don't want like people to be distracted by her face. Yeah. So I said, let's use her silhouette. And then we just kept working together. And I was like, I, I love abstract things. Mm -hmm. So I need you to make this abstract. <laughs> and I didn't even tell him Ocean. He came up with the idea as my book um, cover designer and said he's going to put an ocean in there. And when I saw it, I fell in love with it. Because a lot of people that know me, when I think about the ocean, that's like my happy place, my mm -hmm. calm place. So the way he placed the ocean within the silhouette is so gorgeous because if you see the rest of her body, yeah. the ocean is calm. But once it goes up to her mind, that's where you see like the waves clashing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, that speaks volumes because many times that's what we are. You know what I mean? We have a whole bunch of thoughts that are like crashing together. and We don't know what to do with it. But at the same time, there's something about water that is so still and so calming. So once I saw that, I said, that's it. And in the original picture, you could see her whole body, but I said, you know what, let's just stick to, to yeah. her face. You know and I think saying? that was very creative and very wise because, mm -hmm. as, again, as soon as I see that, I already connect with it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I see what this is. You yeah. Know, and I feel it. Like, and then this is a book of poetry. So yes. you know it's going to be deep. Yes, right? exactly. Exactly. Ocean. <laughs> yes, girl. Yeah. So how... How far between, I guess, or how much time between both books did you take? So you created Let This Mind Be In You first. And how much long after did you create One year. Poetry? One year. One year. I actually went at a higher speed creating the poetry book mm -hmm. because I already knew what to do. Um, I didn't hit as many roadblocks as I did with the first one. Mm -hmm. So um, Let This Mind Be In You dropped March of 2018 and then... Um, Untold Emotions dropped March of 2019, so exactly one year one year later. Now, with um, the poems that you uh, placed in this uh, book, mm -hmm. were these poems that were drafted prior, like before this you know book even came about, or did you create this? Did you create the poems specifically for half and book? half? Okay. Yeah, there were certain poems that I already had lying around, like a poem about my father mm -hmm. losing my father. Um, I wrote that a long time ago. Um, and then there are some poems where I knew these are topics that I wanted to touch on about womanhood and about relationships. So I said, you know what, let me include that in there. And then when I discussed it with the other poets, they did the same thing. Because I decided I wanted two poems from each poet. So what they would do is that they would take an old poem and then they had poems that they're like, you know, I want to write a new one for your book. Okay. So it was like half and half. And it, it just came out beautifully. Like all the different topics that we talk about in the book, either it be relationships, sexuality, social issues, our own self, internal reflections. It's, it's all in there. So with both books, they're a compilation, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you go about finding people to collaborate with? Like, did you go on a search, or were these people that you already had, you know, in your network that you knew, you know, were creative and really want to be a part of this? People that were already in my network. For okay. the um, devotional book, like I said, I was writing different articles and sharing it with certain friends, and they were just like... Man, um, Shay, I've been writing a lot of things also, and um, I've been writing Bible 
studies. Because in the devotional, there's articles, but there's actual studies yeah. in there, you know? So I was just like, okay, you know what? Let's put this together. I must admit, I chose people that I knew that I could trust with this project that I was doing. And because this was a new project, I've never done this before, I had to let them know, like, in all reality, there's no kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, income that could possibly come out of this. Because I didn't even realize how big it would get or how far it would take it. So for them, it was just like, no, we just want to be a part of it. We just want to donate it to your book. And then when it came to the poetry book, it was the same thing. I knew I was surrounded by people that love to do poetry and write poetry. Certain people were recommended to me, so I reached out to them. In this one, it was also a discussion about... I do not own or have a platform currently that would bring about a large revenue to say that now I'm going to pay each poet mm -hmm. based on the royalties that I get from this book. Because all in all, um, there was a lot of cost that went into creating it. So to divide the correct percentages to each poet, it would have got a little complicated. But this time around, because I wanted everything to be fair, I did put up contracts which each poet saying that okay you know what here's what we're doing are you do you agree that this book your poems could be a part of this book you have full rights to it it's your copywritten work it's not mine but that you agree that it could be in this book and there is no such revenue that will come out of it and if you agree sign the contract and we're good to go and a hundred percent everyone was like we're on board we that's not our main concern our main concern is that you have provided a platform that our poems can now be read by many, okay. you know? So, yeah. So now let's get into a little bit of the mechanics. Right. Because, again, a lot of people now that they see that it can be done, you know, we have somebody from our community, yeah. somebody who looks like us, who has the same background as us, uh -huh. you know, writing multiple books. In <laughs> how can we, you know, how can I now, you know, write a book? Like, how does right. that work? And so I know that you've gotten a lot of questions mm -hmm. from people, um, and even for myself, I'm, you know, I was coming up with some ideas too, like, huh, you know, because I've been thinking about writing something for years now, but, you know, it takes discipline. And right, it does. Some people think that it's just, you know, you wake up in the morning and you just scribble some things down and now, now you have a book and now you're published. There's a lot of work behind it. It is a lot of work. But if somebody, and I know this is a loaded question, mm -hmm. but if somebody were to ask you, you know, how do I start? Right. Like, how, how did you start? Well, to say the truth, how I started, um, well, as we discussed prior, like, each book has its own story behind mm -hmm. it. So I'll kind of go in the angle of if I was to tell somebody like yourself, how mm -hmm. do you start? With just what you just said, start scribbling. Start writing. Start don't get so concerned about but how are my chapters are going to look and so forth. Just start writing and concentrate on what you're actually writing about. What's the genre? What's the people that you're trying to reach? So if you're now saying, you know what, I love to write and I want to write a novel, you know, I want it to be fiction, then you're just like, okay, so what's my story? Who am I trying to reach? And let me start writing that. Um, a lot of times people say, like, how do I get fit? Go to the gym. Just yeah. start. So I tell people the same thing. Like, how do I get to the point of having a book? Just start. Just start writing down, journaling, or whatever. But do keep in mind of the audience that you're trying to reach, um, the genre that you're trying to get into, because you have novels, you have nonfiction, you have biography, you have poetry, you have all these different genres. And once you've reached that genre, I would say go to the library, bookstore, or whatever, and start looking at other examples in that genre okay. and see what ideas you can get from that. But at the same time, you want it to be your own identity within the book, but it's always good to kind of get ideas. So I would basically just say um, definitely just begin writing. And once you reach to that point, then you can go to the point of saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to break it down in this chapter and this chapter, and how do I want the book to flow and so forth. And then, okay, from that, how do I get my title and so forth. So for the devotional book, it was just that. I was writing articles. I didn't know how they were going to line up inside the book. Same way with... Um, the poetry book, I just started writing poems. I didn't know where they were going to go. But once I got all my poems together, 
all the other poets' poems together, and I started categorizing them by the the topic. You know, like, oh, all of these poems are talking about relationships, so this is going to go in the relationship chapter, you know? And then for the devotional, it was that same thing that I made sure I told everyone, this is the theme, this is who we're trying to reach, so write, ba- write based on that. Mm-hmm. So the main, main thing is just start writing. Don't overthink it on how am I going to do the chapters, but definitely do your research on who's my target audience, what am I trying to portray, and what genre will my book fall into. And I think that's really important um, that you say that, the research part. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of times people just want to, I mean, yes, put your stuff down on writing, right? Like if right. you have ideas that come to you, put it down, scribble. Right. But then there is a level of research that has to be done mm-hmm. because, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, I have a book of poems that I just want to disseminate to my friends and family. Correct. But if we're talking about being a published author such as yourself, mm-hmm. you know, there's a structure <laughs> that has to go through that. And right. you really obtain that through researching, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, other technical questions about, like, book size. Because you're talking about not overthinking it, right? Just right. Just kind of, you know, start. As yeah. opposed to how many, how long should it be? What size, you know, should the book be? I mean, with the two books that you have here, they're not the thickest of books, right? No, not so, at all. I guess, how did you decide how long... You know, you wanted your books to be, and you know the size. Like, how did you come up with those type of metrics? Okay, so the length of the book, I would say, I really didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the research that I did do is that, knowing the company that I wanted to use to print my book, mm-hmm. I definitely went on the website because I did it through Digipod, okay. and I went on that, and then I said, okay, what is the least amount of pages that can be accepted based on the type of binding that I want. Binding makes a huge difference because a regular book will have what they call perfect binding, and it's the one that looks like the pages are glued Mm -hmm. to the book cover. And then you have the one that's stapled together that looks like a booklet. I know I didn't want it to look like a booklet. And then you have hardcover, and then you have um, spiral, which is the one that... um, you kind of, I think the best place I would say I've seen spiral is like, you know how you um, photocopy pages and mm-hmm. you go in college and they put in a spiral <laughs> yeah. notebook for you. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know I didn't want to go for any of those looks and it's okay if you want to, but I knew that, okay, um, with the company that I was going with to print it, they were saying, okay, you should have at least a minimum of 75. Because okay. if you go any less than 75, they're going to basically gonna just have to staple it because mm-hmm. they can't do that perfect binding anymore. Okay. So it's basically, again, all about research, um, knowing, okay, which company do I want to print with? I wasn't publishing with them. I was printing with them. So how did you go about figuring out which company you wanted to print with? I just started Googling printing companies for books, and then um, I, I came down to two companies, and they gave samples. So I asked each company to send me a sample of like their binding, and then I went with that company, and they also got really good reviews. Okay. So once I saw that, I said, okay, I'm going to go with that, because again, when I first went with the devotional book, I wasn't thinking about publishing with Amazon. I was just thinking, I'm going to print this out, Give it to whoever wants it. So, you know, stop by and just hand it out, you know? So I wasn't thinking about the self-publishing aspect yet. It was more of like, okay, I'll print this. Whoever wants to purchase one, I'll just sell it myself, you know? Um, So, yeah, with the book size, I would say 75 pages or more. But don't just take my word for it. Definitely go and research. Like, okay, if I'm doing it through Amazon, what does Amazon say? If I'm just printing it through this company that I like, what does this company say is the minimum amount of pages based on the type of binding that I want to do? Um, And when it comes to the book size, book sizes in the industry come with what I have, which is just the regular five by five. Um, And there is also... 8 by 5 which is like the size of like your a sheet, right? like a letter sheet yeah. and then you have a slightly bigger one which is 6 by 9 and 6 by 9 is usually used for like children's books okay. or like um, photography books you know things that you use a lot of visuals in um, and again that's another thing you would have to research like what is the type of look I'm going for based mm-hmm. on the genre of book that I'm writing and so forth so again it's all about 
research, 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 and we're in this day that we have Google as our as our best, not friend, best friend. You know, three ninety nine, exactly. So I would definitely say, based on the company that you are going with, with the self publishing or just printing, depending on how you want to receive income or market yourself. Definitely research, okay, what is the minimum amount of pages and what kind of binding do I want it to have? Okay. So now you mentioned self-publishing, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, I guess, publishing with the publishing house. Right. And so you self-published. Mm-hmm. Take us through that process and why you didn't go through a publishing house. Well, with a publishing house, I also understood that they have the right to deny your idea because for them you're an investment Mm -hmm. so if they feel that your book is not going to bring an investment then they're not going to take you and also do you have a platform you know what I'm saying so in my mind I'm like I don't feel like going through a publishing company that's going to try to take away my creative rights and tell me no you have to do it like this no let's do the book cover like this Mm -hmm. even though there are certain publishing companies now that are more independent and not as large that are giving authors um, more of the the creative rights. I have not tapped into that yet. That's something that's new to me. But when I was starting this, that's when I realized, no, I want to be able to have full control of everything that I'm doing, the size, the cover, and no one telling me like, you know what, we don't like your book. And you know what, you're not really going to generate income. So let's not go with you. And um, at the same time, from what I've researched, is that many times we think that we're going to generate a large amount of income by going through a publishing company. And what you realize when it comes to royalties, you really kind of get less. Um, You may get a lot up front, but once the sales start going, they actually take a larger chunk, you know, and... um, Yeah, they usually take a larger chunk or whatever, but with self-publishing, you're able to kind of direct how your royalties are going to go. Or sometimes you can say, you know what, I will sell them myself. For me, I decided to go with Amazon because it was just an easier route where I didn't have to deal with shipping the books myself. They did returns easy. So if somebody's like, you know what, Shay, I don't like this book. Can I return it? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So they handled everything for me. It was like a one-stop shop. Um, however, however, <laughs> let me tell you something. There is. So with the first book, since there's no color inside the book, for them, it was cheaper to, to print out, even though the cover has color, but that's not the major deal. It's more of like, what is the content inside your book? So for that, I sold the book for $15 on Amazon, and I think they only take 40%, right? So it's not bad. Of course, you would like 90 and they take 10 <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because you're just like, okay, I get it. You're printing it. You're shipping it. You're doing all of the work that I don't have to do. So it wasn't bad. However, with the poetry book, because there's color in it, there's photos in it, there's art in it, They charge 60% off of each book. So let's break it down like this. The book for the poetry is $18 on Amazon. So that means for the 60%, after I sell about 10 books, I'm only getting $80 compared to getting $180. So there's a large chunk of $100 that is not going in my pocket. Now, some people will say, Shay, if you knew that, why did you go with them? You're losing a large amount of money. My issue was I didn't do enough research. So the problem was I got a book, uh, interior book uh, designer who will do all the layout, the formatting, and so forth for me. So when we first did it, I saw the um, specifications for Amazon, and I said, okay, this is what Amazon wants. This is how we're going to do it. And then I told the designer, okay, these are the specs. Here's how you're going to lay out the book. So by the time she's done and I found out about those royalties, I said, oh, no, 
I can't do it with Amazon. Yeah. I need to do it with another company that will um, give me more of the royalties back. But by then, that means now I have to pay her more money to reformat, to reformat, take more of her time. And at that time with my budget, I said, oh, no, I can't do this. So I have to go with Amazon because I already formatted the book to what Amazon requested. So what I said I would do is I would still put it on Amazon, but... Amazon gives you the the opportunity that you can order books for yourself at a discounted price. Mm-hmm. And once you order them for yourself, I would go to different events and mm-hmm. sell them. Ah, that's a exactly. Yeah. So I would resell them and um, just sell it through Square. Okay. You know, and then I would still get it that way where I get more of a profit. And another good thing you can do is that when you have the book in paperback, you could also do it through Amazon Kindle. Okay. So the ebook version. And because it's an ebook version, it's electronic, they're not printing, they don't take as much royalties. Okay. Okay. So I think off of the ebook, they only take 20% because oh, it's electronic. Right. So that's why I made sure that after I released the paperback, that I was like, okay, you know what? Let's release the electronic version as well. So not only that I'm getting paid from the paperbacks, even though they're taking a major chunk, but I'm also getting paid from events that I go to and I sell it and I'm getting it paid from the ebook. So you have to make sure like to do all of your research and I'm sharing it here with you before you go and do your editing, either it be through yourself in a software or through an actual designer that you're working with, check the royalties And once you check that, you can say, this is definitely the company I want to go to, either printing or publishing. Okay, here are the specs that I should follow. I kind of did the opposite, and that's where I got hit. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned software. So there's software for people to create. Of course. Of course. For me... For me, Amazon was um, easier, Mm -hmm. but DiggyPod, when I was going with this first book, Mm -hmm. if you can't get somebody to do the editing for you and formatting for you, you can also go there and then they will give you templates. So you could do templates through Microsoft Word and just start writing and then format it based on the size of book, Mm -hmm. the chapters and so forth. And also there's another company called BookBaby. And they're really good. So bookbaby.com, if you go on there, they'll also tell you everything about self-publishing. They'll give you templates. And if they said you need an editor, here's an extra fee that you'll have to pay. And then Amazon does the same thing, too. Like if you don't, they'll tell you the specs. But if they're saying, okay, you don't know how to do it on your own, on your own, they give you... What is it called? Create Space. Okay. You go on Create Space, which is connected to Amazon, even though I think they've changed it now to KD, KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing. And once you do it there, again, they give you a template and formatting so it's not as difficult for you. And they also have 24-7 support as long as you sign up and, and work along them. Um, and I would recommend also, again, yeah, just doing all your research and figuring out, like, which is the best company that you want to go to. Because each of them have a different formatting of publishing. But so far, so forth, my, um, so far, so forth, so far, <laughs> girl, the two that I like is Book Baby and Amazon for different reasons. Because it's more user-friendly, I would okay. say. Now... I mean, I'm not dating myself, but Barnes & Nobles used to be like, you know, the guru of books and all sorts of things related to books. But how, how does, you know, other platforms such as Barnes & Nobles fall into play? Like, do they also do publishing? Do they... I don't know. Okay. And I'm not going to act like I know. Because okay. I didn't automatically think of um, Barnes & Nobles, even though I know that could have been an avenue. But for me, when I was doing this, everything, I every time I thought of self-publishing, everything I saw in my research was Amazon, Amazon, and Amazon. I, I mean, people are not really buying books on Barnes & Nobles anymore. Right. You know, people are, it's just something that popped in. It's like, yeah. you know, have, back in the day, Barnes & Nobles was the place where you got your books. Correct. But, you know, in the last few years, I would say, like, people have kind of moved away from Barnes & Noble mm-hmm. and now, you know, Amazon. What, were, what was the um, Barnes & Noble's ebook? Because Amazon has Kindle. What yeah, is? Yeah, I don't remember. Nook. Nook. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Nook. Yeah. I don't even hear people talking about Nook. Nope. No, definitely <laughs> not. 
So definitely okay. not. Yeah. So now the other thing I wanted to ask with regards to this. So we're talking about book writing. We're talking about covers. Yeah. So where does copyright fall into all of this? Okay. So copywriting. Growing up, I've always heard because I used to love writing poetry and so forth. And I'm like, what if somebody finds my poem and they take it? And I've always heard like. I don't know how true that is today, but you write your poem, you put it in an envelope, and you mail it to yourself, and that's considered copyright. You know, I feel like I've heard that at one point, mm-hmm. but I would probably say that that is not No, safe that is definitely not safe now, yeah. but they used to say that, okay, any body of work that you have that you've written, and if you mailed it to yourself, it's some kind of like stamp that it be- protects, protection that yeah. it belongs to you. But um, under the U.S. copyright law, and I'll read this off to you guys, it says your, se- your self-published work is protected as soon as you put the pen to paper. Copyright is based on your creative authorship and is not dependent on any formal agreement with a book publisher or self-publishing company, although registration within the U.S. Copyright Office is beneficial. Mm-hmm. So for myself, um, for the first book, I did not do that. I took the the first advice where it's just like pen to paper, yeah. you have created this, and even within the book, as long as you use the copyright symbol mm-hmm. and you write that and you say, this is copywritten under U.S. law by Shana Sonatis, yada, yada, yada. No part of this publication may be reproduced, all rights reserved. Mm-hmm. Write that in there. That's an automatic yeah. copyright. But if you want extra backup, yeah. then yes, definitely register your book or creative work just by going to copyright.gov. And I think it's just a small fee. You yeah, just, I don't remember how much it is now. Mm-hmm. They're always changing the fee. But there is right. a fee associated with it. Right. But, I mean, it's worth it to protect. You know? It is. Because nowadays, especially with social media, exactly. I mean, people are snatching everything. They're snatching your quotes. Your pictures. They're snatching your pictures. <laughs> exactly. they're their own. Like, right. I feel like there were a couple times I like posted something. I'm like, this is a quote that came from the mind of Rita. Right. And so that's why now I see when people post things that are original. They put they their watermark. Their, they, yeah, their mm-hmm. watermark or their, their thing is in the middle of it to the point where it's like, in order for you to snatch this, you might have to retype it yourself. Exactly. So, yeah. So I totally get the protection part. And I think it is important, especially in this day and age, to protect your work. Especially Very if much like, so. You know, you're creative. Yeah. So I think for the, not I think, I know for the second one, because I was dealing with contracts and I was Mm -hmm. dealing, even though the first devotional was a collaboration also, but I think this one I took a more professional route, um, so to say. So I did do the whole copyright.gov to make sure that this was protected. Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm dealing with a lot of people, Mm -hmm. just not myself. So let me go ahead and um, copyright that. And I have to research to see, even though I didn't do that for the devotional, if I could still go back and copyright it. Yeah, definitely. Because I definitely want to do that for both. But my mind for the first one was just basically going by the first advice where it's just like, no, just put the copyright information within the book cover and you should be fine. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm sure that people have asked you and are probably thinking as they're listening to this podcast is, you know, what what were your highs and your lows when it came to creating these books? I mean, they're two very different books. Yeah. We have a poetry book and we have a, a devotional. Right. But like, what were some of your highs and what were some of your of your lows? Because you know, again, it's it's great to be like, hey, you know, I'm putting a book together, I'm mm-hmm. you know, typing everything out. It's it's great. Right. But then it's good to hear what some of the struggles are. Now we heard a little bit, you know, yeah. with the publishing and picking the right, you know, print and all this other right. stuff. But in terms of emotionally, right? Huh. You know, what were what were your what were some of your highs? you know, emotionally or some of your lows emotionally when it came to putting this creative body of work together. It's funny, as you're asking the questions, I could feel myself getting emotional as we speak. So I'm gonna try to keep it together. Yeah. (laughs) Um I guess it's because I'm still in awe when I look at those two books and within the two like within the year, year and a half how this came about. But I would I would go I'm gonna go with the lows first. The lows, I think, was the constant doubting myself, thinking that, who do I think I am? Can I really complete this task? Or are people going to love it? Are people going to criticize it? And I think 
that's a normal feeling or emotions yeah. for anybody anytime they put themselves out there or their body of work out there. So just the constant feeling like I have the work here and I was so tempted at many times to be like, nah, I'm going to toss it in the trash. Nobody's going to care about this, you know. Um, but I think the major low was figuring out the designer because to me, I felt like I wanted to sit down with a designer and have them lay it out for me than doing the template because I had a nine to five job. I still have a nine to five job and I feel like that would have taken more of my time. So I said, if I have an editor or a book designer, I say, here you go. We'll meet once a week and you take care of everything. And when we meet, I can tell you, yes, no, that's good. Okay, thank you. And go back to my nine to five because if I did it, with the template and so forth. I'm not saying I couldn't have completed it, but it would have took, taken more of my time. Okay. So within that, for the first book, I had a moment where the designer took my deposit and never returned. Oh, wow. Yeah. Scammers. Yeah. Mm, it, mm. And the thing is, I went to a college and I just posted like a gig looking for a up and rising book designer. This is a gig for you. Here's how much it costs. Because to tell you the truth, if you go with a like professional, professional book layout designer mm-hmm. online, you're looking at a good eight hundred dollars or yeah. more. My you friend, know, my friend, you know, published her book and you know it was a banging book. Yeah, cover, but it costed money. It costs a lot. So I said, this is not within Shay's budget. <laughs> so you know what? We're gonna look for a college student that wants to build their portfolio, and it won't cost as much. It'll cost half or even less than half. Mm-hmm. So I did that and. Everything was going great, but then communication started slowing down, and then all of a sudden, I wouldn't hear from the person anymore, and I'm just like, but where are you, and you still have my money, so it's either you give me my money back, or just give me what you've already created, and I can go with that to another designer, but I never heard from him at all, so I didn't have what we already worked on, and I lost my deposit, so that definitely was a big blow to me, because I took it as, you're not supposed to do this. You know, so the doubt started coming in. But I'm so grateful for people in my corner that were telling me, like, no, Shay, you started this for a reason. Continue it. And what's so amazing is that the new um, designer that I got did it for less than I was going to do it for, completed it in a very timely manner. And at the same time, the way she put the book together was actually way better than the first designer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything definitely works out for good. Um, And then my low for the poetry book, I think it was being nervous about having so much poets in the book, wondering if they would be on board, wondering if I would do this on time in a timely manner. Because, you know, I'm that person that if I say I want it in January, I want it out in January. And if it looks like it's not coming out in January, then I'm like, oh, gosh, I failed. I took too long because I'm really hard on myself when it comes to that. But again, uh, or the lows with um, figuring out the publishing and taking that blow with Amazon and the realities. But to go to the highs, I would say just the love of seeing what I have envisioned in my mind mm-hmm. to actually come to life. And on top of that, to be blessed with people that are saying, you know what, I would love to be a part of this project. Because, again, I have things to share, but I want people to be able to experience other people's thoughts and not just my own. Because you could relate to me on one subject, but then somebody else will write something and you're like, man, this touches another aspect of my life. So I want to know that when you pick up a book, you're getting multiple different experiences and multiple things that you can relate to. So I definitely think that's my highs in you know, creating compilation books. A lot of people are asking me if a third book is coming I mean, out. You know, I've been asking you. <laughs> I didn't even ask you. I told you you were doing it. A third book. I don't see that right now in the uh, near future because there's so many other projects I'm trying to do, especially with branding myself as Belle Brooklyn. But I can't say never. And never say never. So let's see in the future if a third book comes about, because I must admit, I'm like kind of on this high with this authorship mm-hmm. thing going on. I mean, I 
you know and if a third book comes out i think the third book would definitely be more of a soul project instead of a collaboration like i've done for the last two Mm-hmm. So I know that you had mentioned you're a nine to fiver. Yes, Just girl. Like, you know, well, I I'm a nine to fiver in theory, but I'm really like the nine to whatever, nine to six or nine to seven or yeah, yeah, to whatever. But yeah. full time working mm-hmm. professional, right? Right. And I mean, what were your nights and weekends looking like? Because clearly <laughs> you're working all day. It yeah, yeah, like yeah. Full, it sounds like a full time project just by looking for publishers or not publishers, but looking for printers and look for designers mm-hmm. and you know, collaborating and, and coordinating with other people. This sounds I mean my head was tired. You know <laughs> my head was spinning when you mentioned that. So how were you able to really, you know, do this while working for the man? You know what I mean? And clocking in, clocking out. This may get me in trouble, but I guess I'm in the mind state of mean, eh, during work hours. Lunch breaks. Lunch breaks. breaks. Yes. <laughs> I was I was doing work. I was talking to the editor, um, the book designer, and I was saying, okay, what days can we meet? And there were some times after work where I would have to go meet with them once or twice a week and spend an hour or two hours with them, you know, and then um, on the weekends or in the... On the weekends wasn't that bad. I think it was more in the evenings because... I was still in the mind state of I'm at work. So once I get home, I'm like, okay, don't get lazy. Continue the I'm working mentality and so forth. So after I would go home from work, I would continue writing or I would continue contacting the other people that we're, that I'm collaborating with. The we- The weekends, I would say, is when I would take that time to really clear my head and meditate and be like, what else do I want to write? Okay. Because I usually get writer's block. If I'm not really inspired, I, I'm not that type of writer that says, you know what, I could just sit down and just write off the dome, you know. Um, I'm more of the one that I need something to inspire yeah. me. I have to be in a certain mental space. So there are times that I really had to just block everything out, clear it, even pray and say, like, okay, what do I need to write about? And there's one poem. I think I could say that in both books. There's one devotional that I wrote, and I think within 10 minutes, it just came out of me. And those are the writings that I love because it's unexpected. You don't think too much about it. And then when you read it, you're like, I wrote that? You know what I'm saying? And it's the same way for a poem that I wrote in here. I was going through something, and I was just writing down all my feelings, (laughs) and this is da-da-da-da, and I read it, and I'm like, yo, Shay, this is actually good. And again, completed it in 10 minutes because it wasn't in... It wasn't an overthinking. It was something that just flowed out of yeah. me. So it, it wasn't easy because it's like I'm at work doing my nine to five, but my mind is on my project, yeah. you know? Yeah. So sometimes you want to tell your boss, like, I don't really want to do work today. Can I do what I want to do? But yeah, like you said, on breaks, I would take it to communicate with everybody that is involved in the book, either be the, the book cover designer. There were many times for the poetry book, I had to talk to Mike through email, through phone, and so forth. But it's basically doing two jobs in one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the same thing with me. Like, I was, not was, I still am. And I was praying about this the other day. I'm like, I need my inspiration to come back from my blogging. My mm-hmm. blogging is my writing. Sometimes my blogs are poems or whatever it is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm an inspiration person. But once I get it, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I get it. Right. The shower, for some reason, is where, <laughs> like, I was in the shower yesterday and something came to me. Yeah. Like it's just one, I was thinking about something mm-hmm. and a, a phrase came to me and I was like, I have to write about like, yeah. this phrase. I have to write. I know what I have to write about this. Okay. But I find that for me, my motivation comes when I'm at work, <laughs> when I need to be working. <laughs> so more... the spirit of energy comes yeah. through. Yeah. And so I totally get you when it comes to, so now what I do is when I get to work, I'm like, I'm going to carve out, yeah. you know, 45 minutes to an hour of this eight hour, nine hour shift, shift yeah. for my stuff yeah so it's like i go in there pre-planned like all right this is what i have to do this is who i have to call mm-hmm. or i'll sit and be like something has to come to me like i have sticky notes yeah all over my desk right and a lot of them have nothing to do right <laughs> you know what's going on girl listen but inspiration you, you hear it you, you see it mm-hmm. you, you know you write it what i've done now on my phone i'm very old-fashioned where i love to write in a notebook so i have a notebook in my book bag and i also have my phone so once a line from a poem comes in my head or a thought or a topic 
I immediately write it in my phone or I write it in my notebook. And that's that. it's basically what I was saying in the beginning, like just write. Because that one sentence that you're like, man, this would sound really good in a poem. You can write it down and come back to it a month later and be yeah. like, oh my gosh, I know how to build on this now. Yes. You know, so definitely any moment that you have that an idea, a paragraph, a thought comes to your mind, definitely walk around with a notebook. If not, the little memo app oh, on your phone, like, napkin. I, I was watching Jane the Virgin, which mm-hmm. is you know Netflix show, right? It's, 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 it's on CW, but whatever. She's uh-huh. a writer, yeah. And somebody was you know talking to her, gave her advice, like just wherever you are, just write. Correct. So whatever piece of paper, napkin. She was use anything, napkin, like, use anything, know, tag whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is true though, because the inspiration mm-hmm. comes at any point. Like if you're one of those people who yeah. gets inspiration like that, yeah, like. I'm on the train and I'm listening to somebody talk and that becomes like a podcast show. Correct. Like that's where I get my inspiration. Yeah. Ear hustling. <laughs> Girl, listen. But, I hear you. Okay, so what would be, um, if you can give two, I always try to end like this, two pieces of advice that you would give to, you know, a, a professional woman of color or anybody really who's really, the reason I focus on professional women of color is because, you know, we have so many things that we're dealing with already. We're at mm-hmm. work, but then we still want to be, you know, tap into the creative self and actually, you know, publish something. Mm-hmm. What's two pieces of advice you would give to somebody who's like, I want to start, uh, I want to write something, I want to be published. So not just write, I want to be published. This is a bucket list thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's a goal of mine, um, you know, but I'm working I have kids, I have family members, I have all these other obligations, but I want to do it. What's two pieces of advice that you would give? I think I might just say it in one whole speech. And (laughs) the thing would be, a matter of fact, I could separate it. Set your priorities. Um, And I'm not trying to say like your job and your child and Whatever you're doing is not a priority, but if this is something that you truly want, and we hear that all the time, if this is a dream, if this is a bucket list, you have to make the time for it. There can't be any excuses. And I'm, and listen, I'm one that I've made a lot of excuses where I'm just like, you know what? No, I don't have time. No, this, no, that. But then I realized the more excuses I made, the more that this would have never happened. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say is definitely. If this is your dream, make the time for it. There are probably going to be times that you don't get enough sleep. There are probably going to be times that you're frustrated, you don't know what to do. But it's the determination that I want to see this come alive, so I'm going to do it. And the second thing I would say or advice that I would give is, again, it's it's all about mindset. Um, set, mindset. And I would say that um, know that you can do it. It sounds difficult, but it really is easy. And what I mean by you can do it, once you put determination in the forefront, self-publishing is the easy part. The beginning part, the hardest part is getting determined and saying, I'm going to do this. But once you're determined and you're saying, yep, this is what I want, self-publishing is just all about doing your research, making it applicable, and then saying that because I'm going through the, to the route of self-publishing, I have all creative rights. I say when this book is going to come out. I say how it's going to look. I say what genre and so forth where you're not dealing with a higher person that's telling you this is when you have to do it. And sometimes with certain publishing companies, they'll have you waiting a year, two years before they put your, your body of work out. You know, and I was able to do two books within a year span. That's crazy, you know. So I would definitely say determination. And the second advice is you definitely can do it because the self-publishing part is the easy part. The first part is just being determined to say that I'm going to make the time for this, even though I work a nine to five. And because, again, I always like to compare things with gym and fitness because we're in the era of everybody trying to look like a snack. You know what I mean? A a whole five-course meal, you know, and, you know, the health movement that we're in. So I would say if you make time to wake up an extra hour early to go to the gym or, you know, when I come home from work, I'm not going to go straight home and go to the couch. I'm going to go to the gym. That's the same kind of mentality you're going to have to say that, okay, if I need to wake up an hour, two hours early to take some time to write or, you know, after I put the kids to bed or if, um, you know, dad is watching the kids or whatever your scenario or environment is or a circumstance is, 
that's when you're going to be like, okay, where can I fit in this time? And you may say, well, I don't have three hours. That's fine. Even if you have half an hour, use it because half an hour is better than nothing, you know? So I I would definitely uh, encourage, I would like to say that anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. And we need to hear more stories because... Recently, I did a poetry event, um, and it's not a book release, but it was a, like a follow-up poetry event. And the theme was, I have a story to tell. Because we each have a story to tell within experiences that we've gone through or our creative mind. Yeah. You know, So definitely more so of an encouragement than an advice. Yes, yeah. And I'm receiving it. Yeah, receive it. And I would be hollering at you. I'm telling you. I'm here to help you. I'm to do to do something. And yeah. I have, and I think we talked about it a little, you know, earlier on in the show. Like I feel it like it, but you know when you just don't know like what to because you have so many experiences and it's like it's that whole I guess being disciplined and prioritizing or it's just I don't know where sometimes you're dealing with these emotions mm-hmm. and yeah it's easy to spill it on paper. But sometimes it's like but you're afraid even sometimes to even put that. I guess that's the vulnerability part. Exactly, because you're afraid of what people will think. Yeah. Will they accept it? Will they like well, it? confronting your own truths through writing. Correct, correct. Um, if, if a person is feeling scattered in the sense of like, oh, I don't know what to write about, I think that is something you definitely have to take time on mm-hmm. and figure out, okay, do I want to write a biography? Do I want to write something, a novel, a fiction novel, because there's this story that I've never heard of or I have, but there's a twist I want to put onto it. And I think no one has ever done this before. Or if it's poetry or if it's like, you know, I have a love for children and I want a new aspect of a children's book because now we're seeing more um, black colored African-American children's book that are being put out there compared to before so whatever your avenue is if you're a little scattered or unsure I would say take that time and really reflect on what avenue you're trying to go to and I guess the other the other thing that should be stated is that you can tell more than one story right of course sure like oh which one to put out first right make a list make a list exactly exactly Because, look, the devotional was never on my radar, but it was a healing tool for me, you know, and I believe this is something that I'm not saying the poetry book wasn't something I did with God or glory to him. But at the same time, I felt with the devotional, this was something that God said, I'm going to show you what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. And through the same time, I'm going to heal you in this dark space that you're in. And within this book is going to also help others. So I never thought of it. But based on this, I was like, oh, I could do something else. So let me do poetry, you know. And if a third book was to come out, it would be like you said, oh, what else would I like to write about? Or maybe I want to write about a life experience and turn that into a biography, you know, or maybe take a devotional and do a, a volume two, but do a different spin on it, you know? Like chicken soup for the soul. Chicken soup for the You did. I'm, I'm going to give you a um, piece of the cake. <laughs> yeah. But you you really raise a good point where it's just like, okay, if you don't know where to start, just write all of them down and really sit and reflect and see which one in this moment of time that you're in is the perfect one to put out. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely inspired. I'll be sliding in your DM. <laughs> no doubt. Once I get it together, once mm-hmm. I figure out which one of my many stories, because I've done this, I have titles yeah. with, with ideas, but then it's like, you know, which one do you, you flesh out? Which one first. can you do now? Right. You know, because a lot of some things are personal and you might not want to, people are still alive. Right, <laughs> right. You, you that's when you got to do like the best the man move exactly. and change names. Change, name, <laughs> change states, location. Exactly, exactly. Well, this was definitely very necessary. It was. Especially for this platform, because I had you on the other platform, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to have you on this platform just to, you know, really speak to, you know, women Mm -hmm. who are, who look just like you, who have the same background, you know, who want to publish, who want to, you know, who want to start, right? who Mm -hmm. want to, like, share their story or tell a story. Correct. Um, And so I think that, you know, it's definitely a great platform to do that, and Mm -hmm. I thank you again for taking the time. Not a problem. 
And I know that we'll have you back again because when Thank that you. Third book drops. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I want to encourage people because um, there's a lot of different other, not a lot, a few other things that we weren't able to touch base on. But if you go to selfpublishingschool.com, that is a major tool of helping you to know about ISBN numbers, copyright, editors, book covers. Like for me, my first book cover, I went on a company called Fiverr. Okay, I love Fiverr. Man, you can this book cover cost me twenty five dollars to do. You know, so there's many different resources out there. So if you go to selfpublishingschool.com, it will definitely help you in other aspects of learning how do I go about um, self publishing this book as well as Digipod and it's spelled D I G G Y pod.com it definitely gives you videos and a rundown of how you can self-publish okay yeah all right everyone so thank you so much again Shay. thank you rita thank you bell brooklyn before we end where do we find you on social media oh you're smart i love that so on social (laughs) media it is b-e-l-l-e-b-r-k L-Y-N, Brooklyn abbreviated, and that is on Instagram and on Facebook. And then for the two books, Let This Mind Be In You and Untold Emotions, if you just type in my full name on Amazon, Shayna Sonatis. Shayna is S-H-E-I-N-A. Sonatis is C-E-N-A-T-U-S. And you'll definitely find both books. But yes, catch me on Facebook and Instagram at Bell Brooklyn. For whatever reason, if you missed that, you can slide up in my DM. <laughs> you permission at Frida's World, F R E E D A S underscore World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram as well and on Facebook. Correct. So, with that being said, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, thank for you. Tuning to another episode of Frida's World. Yay! Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And that's that's a wrap, folks. Thank you. <laughs> it's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future, that's clash it. It's Frida's world.